The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. Hi, this is Ellen Debenport with Voices of Unity. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise to help you dive deep into spiritual topics. This is so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. I'm a host and kind of an MC for this show. Our guests come on for several weeks at a time so they can really talk, dig deep into whatever their area of expertise is. So this is our fifth week with the Reverend Coach Carla McClellan. I think that's your title now, <laughs> the Reverend Coach. And um, we've been talking about how to design the life you would love to live, how to live a designer life. We are live on October 30th, if you're listening on a Tuesday. Please feel free to call in, join in, ask a question. The number is 816-251-3555. And today, Carla is talking about the secrets of designing your life. But Carla, you said first you would kind of summarize where we've been, what we've learned. Yes, I I thought that would be um, pretty helpful, particularly as I give you the secrets that will make (laughs) your life flow easily and gracefully. I'm ready for them. Okay. So um, our first um, show was about waking up, that if you ever feel like you're running on automatic pilot and... um, you're constantly worrying and you're doubting where you're going, that is a good sign you're asleep, asleep to the truth of who you are. And so waking up is the first step. What, where are we placing our attention? What are we focusing on? Where do we want to go? Where are we? So, so I got some steps for that. Because I was about to say, and how do we wake ourselves up? <laughs> Get a ham. No. <laughs> um, the first step to waking up to really, um, to really being present in the moment is to know where you are right now. So right now, you and I, Ellen, are sitting here in the Unity Online radio station, and um, uh, we are participating in this radio show, and. And then the next step is to know where you're going. Well, we're going to give as much value and meaning as we can to our listeners before the end of the show. So you mean know where you're going in this moment, not after this? Not after. Because I was thinking lunch. (laughs) You have to wait. Patience. Um, And the third part of waking up is to look at where you're directing your faith. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you looking inside to the incredible power we have inside of ourselves? Or are we fearing putting the faith in the outer conditions and getting ourselves scared? So faith is a critical part of what we wake up to. In 12-step programs, sometimes they say, where are my feet? 
mm-hmm. as a way to bring themselves into the present moment. Beautiful. Because your mind may be in the terrible future or the terrible past. Where are my feet? Ah, okay, I'm in this room. Mm-hmm. And here and now I'm going to... That's, um, that's your... That's my cue? No, no. That was the second part of waking up. <laughs> know where you're going. Yeah, know where you're going. So you... So... So when you so the second part, know where you're going, is to become curious and open to your intention. Where do you want to where are you going with this hour we are together? Okay. And then where is my faith? Where is my faith? So where are my feet? Where is my faith? And then, you know, my favorite, be grateful. <laughs> Every breath you take is a gift. You say that all the time. I know I'm be really. grateful, be grateful. <laughs> And then the fifth stay, uh, step is uh, consistently taking actions that you know you're moving towards your vision. So consistently, not perfectly, but consistently taking actions. So if we review our five principles, um, they interface on this quite well. Um, the um, The first one being, you know... Um, God is all there is. God is all there is. And so so then what quality of God am I being called to bring forth right now? So because whatever we attach to our I am, we we are. And the only way to express it is is to um, first experience it and then take it out by our thoughts, our words and our actions. Charles Fillmore, one of our co-founders, said that um, uh, that demonstration is the proving of a truth principle in one's body and affairs. I mean, the whole movement is based on this, right? Demonstrating is when you demonstrate the principles. Yes, you demonstrate them. So it's, you know, it's one thing to say the principles. It's another thing to demonstrate the principles. Another way of saying that is walk your talk. Mm -hmm. You know, how often have we been stunned um, by hearing somebody's talk and (laughs) being present to their walk, including our own? (laughs) Especially our own. Yes. Um, The manifestation of an ideal when its accomplishment has been brought about by one's conformity in thought, word, and act to the creative principle of God. Now, these old-fashioned words, just what did you hear? I was, this is still Charles Fillmore. This is still Charles Fillmore. He died in 1948, so all of his language sounds fairly dated now. And so I'm not sure what I heard. So what the way I translate this is, all right, first we have a thought in our mind. And um, that thought becomes really interesting to us. So we um, we shape and form that idea that is not in present reality at all with our faith and our imagination. And then when the, with our enthusiasm, we step forward to act from it. Now, he didn't say that really. <laughs> but, in, but in other places, he talks about mind idea expression, expression as the trinity for unity. Mm-hmm. So everything starts in mind. 
in divine mind and also in human mind. Uh, it becomes an idea. The idea of humans was you know, Jesus was the expression of that. Mm-hmm. And in unity, we say he was trying to tell us we are too. Yes. And so in more human terms, um, you think, I need a place to sit down. You have an idea to invent a chair, and then you actually build a chair. So mind, idea, expression. And we see it all the time with children playing, mm-hmm. don't we? You know, it doesn't have to be a certain type of a chair. <laughs> they just need something to sit on. But that's the way our mind works creatively. So we know there's a part of our mind that's very creative and problem solving. And we know there's a part of our mind that's not so creative. But but the whole idea of mind, idea, and expression is that we are by nature made of God stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what do we label God as having or being or uh, bringing about into life? Well, goodness... Um, love, wisdom, peace, harmony, uh, joy. Um, so all of those qualities, therefore, are in us, so we can bring them forward. So with the idea we have, to manifest it means to take it from, from metaphysical reality the bigger reality into physical reality so that we can see it, touch it, smell it, whatever we need to do with it. Right. That's demonstration. Every single one of us wants to make our ideas, dreams, and goals a reality. Yes. Every single one of us. That's what this whole series is about. Everybody has them, whether they know it or not. And second, we're to learn from challenges along the way. You know, we might have infinite wisdom inside of us. We just haven't learned to access it easily and quickly for the situation. And that's why we recommend prayer and meditation and sitting in the silence and just being open. So to learn from challenges on the way takes a lot of courage, doesn't it? Yes, and the sort of a deliberate, okay, what what can I take from this? What did I learn here? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't want to learn, so we get to do it again. <laughs> yes, or we miss that that was a learning opportunity. We think something just happened to us. Yes. And so you're right. Something like that will happen again, so we'll have another opportunity. And so out of the challenges, we grow and we learn and we gain new wisdom. And then we're wired to share that wisdom back with our tribe, our community, the people we love. Um, I didn't know that. We're wired for that? We're wired for that. We're wired to be teachers, basically? Yes. Because nearly everyone I know is a teacher of some kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. So being wired, it's like... um, I believe I said a dream is in our DNA. So with, within our soul is that longing for something more to get expressed. Mm-hmm. So you got your vision. You know you have this creature on your back called monkey mind or in your head <laughs> that's chattering all the reasons why you shouldn't 
why you can't and how you have to stay in the box in which you're in right now. Right. That was the that was week two of this series. Yes. Monkey Mind. Monkey Mind. If you didn't hear that, you need to go back and listen <laughs> to it because everybody's got that. And the the uh, wonderful part about knowing it's normal is the fact that it never goes away. So we think, oh, no, here comes that thought again. There's something wrong with me. Uh-uh. No, you just it's an indicator that you're stressed, Mm -hmm. that maybe you need some support, learn something new um, or just go take a walk out in nature. These fall days are so beautiful. So we want to contribute. That is what we um, uh, what we are designed to do is to give and then to receive. Um, So. Here is another um, quote that I really like from Parker Palmer. Yes, love him. He said, first, we all have an inner teacher whose guidance is more reliable than anything we can get from a doctrine, ideology, a collection of belief system, an institution, and listen, a leader. So we all have a inner teacher whose guidance is more reliable than anything in the outer. If we learn learn to rely on it. Yes. And first we have to discern it, don't we? Yes. So. um, And then trust it. And then trust it. Second, I love this. We all need other people to invite, to amplify and help us discern the inner teacher's voice. Ah, that's Parker Palmer still. Yes. Okay. So we don't just sit in a room by ourselves and try to listen to that inner voice. No, I wish we had had Parker Palmer (laughs) a long time ago. In fact, probably, for me, one of the best teachers. So he's saying there's nothing wrong with reading about it or talking to other people or listening to talks or radio, that that is one of the ways we discern what our own inner voice is is telling us. Yes. Okay. So you know, as a minister, um, how often on a Sunday someone will come up and thank you for this profound thing you said (laughs) that they just loved and it was just what they needed to hear and you didn't say that at all. (laughs) Yes. And I've always thought, okay, the divine in them got awakened in some way. Yes. And this idea came to them that they needed and I just got to be... I don't know what, an agent of the universe or something. You got to be the hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what you're referring to, too, is in groups, there's entrainment that happens within 20 minutes. So like in a church service, the power of it, so go to your church, <laughs> the power of being in the service with other people is that you entrain together. So you get on the same wavelength. Um, you're thinking the same thoughts because you're you're saying, I, I am in the presence of one mind. One heart. That's why meditation in a group sometimes seems so much deeper. Yes. I I love where I go in a group. I just ride that energy out. Um, but it, it is important to do the work. So it's an inner work 
You're doing the work inside of yourself, but you're doing it around other people. So then what begins to emerge is a greater wisdom. The sum is great. The sum is greater than the oh, – no, I'm saying this wrong. The whole yeah, is – Yeah, no, the sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. Okay. The whole is greater than the parts. Yes. So that's kind of hard to understand and for me and obviously say until <laughs> I experience it. Uh-huh. And so that is the experience I'm looking for in um, every opportunity I have to be in spiritual community. What can I really, that curiosity, that wonder and curiosity, you know, what can I really learn from these people? And so we're all, the ideas are popping around in the service and don't necessarily relate to the words that the speaker used. You know, every time we're in a discussion about what's the future of church, which is what ministers talk about when when they're at lunch or something, um, what we end up saying is churches we know it at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning might change, might be on its way out, but spiritual community is going to be important just because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. So it will keep showing up in some form. We all need relationships. We all need connection. You know, what the greatest cause for suffering is the thought that we're alone. Yes, that there's no one else out there for us. And that's not true. We have support within ourselves. And we also have people who are willing to support us wherever we are. Oftentimes, um, uh, what I love about going to a unity church is we, or New Thought, really, we have prayer chaplains. Mm-hmm. So I never have to leave that service upset and the other thing that I love is if I have something joyful I want to celebrate with another human being, they're there to hear my joys, too. Mm-hmm. And so um, in this world of technology, we can almost get lost in in um, roaming our uh, Internet. But there's nothing like the touch of another human being to wake us up to wait a minute, I am in relationship with this person. I am connected to the person. So sharing, it's always worth finding the courage of your heart to be vulnerable with another human being. Mm. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's real scary depending upon your history. But Parker Palmer is saying that our relationships with other people are one of the ways we access the divine in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not a crutch and it's not a distraction. It's part of that awakening. Awakening, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the. Uh, are we still in review or have we moved into the secrets uh, of. Uh, we're moving right into the. Oh, here's what I forgot. Um, we after getting the monkey off our back, we moved on to what do you do now? You got the dream, right? <laughs> okay, I've got the vision. Now I, got, what? I got it, you know. And we talked about, um, I believe that was the the segment that I talked about. You know, I could vision uh, um, making three hundred thousand dollars in a year, but unless I have the faith. Mm-hmm. 
and the energy to to focus my attention towards activity that would bring that into my life, um, uh, I can't quite believe it. So when I can't quite believe it, it's really helpful to get a trusted friend to believe it with you. But what shifts the whole thing about money for me is why would I want that? What would I be doing that I'm not doing now if I had three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars? So knowing your why with your vision is critical. Um, and to have it be a contribution to the most number of people is really, really helpful. Then all your spiritual principles are working for you, and there's coherence as you act. Mm-hmm. So um, the as you're looking at the call to being, who am I willing to be? And you think about the the qualities that matter most to you. Can you think of a quality that really matters to you, Ellen? About myself? Mm-hmm. Like a core value? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's say integrity. Okay. Doing what I say I'll do. Great. Being, yeah. Being honest, all the things that involves. So when you say that, um, uh sort of as a call to being into whatever you're doing that day, and you call forth integrity, um, that shifts the focus of your mind from what's missing, what's wrong, what's not going right, to, oh, wait a minute, I have a call to be in integrity today. Mm-hmm. So the actions you take and the thoughts that you think and the feelings, emotions that come up, you... You want to be a part of of integrating all of them into the day. So um, I drew a card before I came into (laughs) the studio that really kind of threw me off. Yeah. It was despair. Now, why why would you have a card? (laughs) And so I started looking at despair. Despair, how does that relate to my life right now? Yeah. And as I see the emotion of of despair, as I observe it, as I say yes to letting it in me, um, I see the things that I'm more conscious of what, what I'm despairing about, you know, that are synagogues are being attacked mm. that are um it seems like we're losing our safety um all over the place with the massive uh, use of guns um i was on um facebook to uh, yesterday and found out that a client i'd had um over at awaken whole life center mm-hmm. recently just passed away suddenly and all that hurt you know and i I thought the despair comes first and then the shift to um, what she gave to me Mm -hmm. during our time together. So from that willingness to be, who am I willing to be, we move into an observation of our thoughts because what we observe, we're no longer hooked into. 
Becoming the witness. Becoming the witness is a great way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. It's to me it's it's you take a step back and and um and you can't believe how wide your perspective is then and all the things you see. Um I have a wonderful example of that. One night I was up in the tower where I am now. Uh, <laughs> the, and the tower on the campus of Unity Village. Yes. Um and I couldn't find my purse. And I was tired and I was frustrated and, you know, people were waiting for me and I couldn't find my purse. And I started to panic. Well, where would it be? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I thought, step back a bit, Carla. And as I stepped back, I saw it had slipped under the chair that I couldn't see from the regular height. Oh, literally step back. Step back. Okay. So I oftentimes when I'm I want to observe. I oftentimes um, actually act that out <laughs> to take that step back. Uh-huh. The um, the next thing after observing our thoughts is to discern what the voice you are listening to is saying. And so um, how about we, we discuss that more in our next segment, Ellen? Yeah, because I want to ask you... I mean, do you mean, first you have to know which voice you're listening to. Yes. And the louder ones may not be the best choice, right, for right. what to listen to. Um, Still small voice. This should be, <laughs> this should be interesting. Um, we may have about a minute until we get to the music. Okay. So the committee in our heads, mm-hmm. um, there have been books written about it. You know, the critical parent, the inner critic, all of those things. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. The what ifs. Well, if I do this, what if this happens? The going to the worst case scenario. How many out there find themselves, if I can go to the worst case scenario, then, then I'm okay? Well, that's kind of... Well... But I understand the logic I, there. I do, too. If I anticipate what can go wrong, then I can have a plan for it. Then it won't be so bad. Plan is really um, a good word to use when you're catastrophizing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought planning ahead was a good thing. Well, how many times have your plans worked out? What a great question. <laughs> All right. It is time for a break. Uh, Please call us while we're talking. The number is 816-251-3555. I'm Ellen Devonport with Reverend Coach Carla McClellan, and we'll be back after these messages. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Have you ever performed a random act of kindness? In a beautiful new book called Write It On Your Heart, Unity employees make suggestions for random acts they've tried or received themselves. The book includes 40 ways to express kindness or compassion and has room to journal about your experiences. It's the perfect gift, and you'll want one for yourself, too. Look for Write It On Your Heart at unity.org shop. If you could talk to an angel, what would you say? Join Jerry Gavin every Monday at 5 p.m. Central for Angelic Connection. Jerry shares messages from his guardian angel, Margaret, in combination with ancient healing practices to teach people how to listen to their spirit. Jerry can help you strengthen your connection to the angelic realm and receive clear messages of help and healing. Call in and join the show every Monday on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport. We're back with Voices of Unity. Carla and I were right in the middle of talking about those voices in your head, the committee in your head, the people who live rent-free in your head. Uh, and there's got to be a voice in there that's worthwhile. Oh, yes. That's how I find it. <laughs> yes. Well, do you remember that Native American story of the grandfather who tells the grandson about the two wolves that are fighting inside of Yes. So so if you think about it that way, one wolf is is um, trying to keep you small and and um, scared and um, uh, worried about that you get what you deserve. And the other wolf is more interested in what you can uh, learn, what you can give um, all those higher vibrational qualities, if you will. So I'm gonna I'm gonna describe monkey mind to you, 
and uh, then let you f- reflect upon what you experience energetically when, as I describe monkey mind. Okay. I was going to say you don't have to describe it to me, but okay. <laughs> so monkey mind is insistent. Listen to me now. It's survival-oriented. The body is tense. There's a sense of dread or impending doom. Can you relate to that, listeners? It is defensive, experiences feedback as an accusation. And boy, when I'm tired, (laughs) I can really fall victim to that. It's humorless, except if using humor for deflection. Hmm. Yes. It tends to chatter insistently and loudly in your ear. Yes. So what did you notice? It makes me tired. (laughs) Yes. And distracted. Yeah. And the chattering in your ear, that's, that's really where I hear monkey mind, is that chattering in my ear. My head. Very much in my head, yes. And so one of the survival, um, one of the success tricks you can use with monkey mind that I love to do is when I notice I'm I'm looking at a monkey mind conversation, I give it a banana. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I give it a banana coated with peanut butter. So it's going to take them longer to eat it. Okay. That's not feeding your feelings? Ah, it's quieting them down. What I want to do is I want to quiet down my feeling. I don't want to pay it attention, but I notice it and I acknowledge it. Yes. You're there. Here you go. Here's Because it's always going to be there in the back of my mind. But if I shift to observation, it quiets down. And I've learned that it's really important. Important to acknowledge it, that moment of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, before I shift to affirmations or something, to acknowledge what I'm feeling, because it will keep pestering me until I acknowledge it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, that's why I say yes to what is. You know that quote. Um, do you know the Dag Hammarskjöld quote? To everything that has been, I say thank you. To everything that is right before me, I say yes. It doesn't mean Mm. I do it all, but you've got to acknowledge that it is present right before you. Okay. So acknowledging it, you know, you can even say thank you to Monkey Mind. But here's a banana. Mm -hmm. Go in a corner. So thank you, Monkey Mind. You've let me know that I have a lot of fear around this. Yes. And that's because I'm going to try something new. And I'm going to try it. The wonderful piece of uh, uh, being able to observe the difference between fear and courage is is to know that fear is kind of always with us. You know, it's just part of our experience. Because it's part of our survival. Right. We want to survive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes fear is very helpful. Yes. You know, our spidey senses. <laughs> uh, and courage. You can feel courage and take action courageously, even if you are afraid. 
if you just don't give it all your attention. So courage, by by um, definition, it comes from the French word cur for heart. So I find when I want to do something that that would take some courage on my part, I almost I do. I place my hand on my heart Mm -hmm. to remind myself it comes from the wisdom of the heart that is um, much more accurate than the chatter of the brain. And that's in our language, brave hearted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you don't need courage if you're not afraid. Exactly. And intuition. Um, Intuition has there's. Three different types of intuition. One is is like that gut hunch. Mm-hmm. Another one is just um, an immediate knowing something. Okay. And um, the third one is is a almost like a divine revelation. So it 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 comes with an experience that you know is good for you. Mm-hmm. So. We describe the voice of wisdom as with this qualities, these qualities. It is compassionate towards both you and others. That's really important. Can you get yourself into the space, the heart space, of feeling compassion for yourself and for the other? This is the voice you want to listen to. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. It's spacious. Mm-hmm. The body relaxes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fix somebody. There's, you know, I'm just here. Um, there's some gentle good humor about yourself or the situation. That would be a relief. Yes, I love to <laughs> laugh, and I love when people make me laugh. And I can, I, I, I love to laugh at myself in some of the situations mm-hmm. I get myself into. There is a generosity of spirit present, a kind, open-hearted view of people and situations. How many times with a mistake do we go to, it's all ruined? Yes. So if we took a step back and thought, how could I express this more kindly, um, we would begin, we would begin to access our creative problem-solving parts of our brain. Mm. And then we partner, we collaborate. Don't we talk about collaborating all the time? We're back to that. We already talked about the need for community and yeah. how other people help you access the divine within. And remembering that, we have a mind that is Teflon for the good and Velcro for the bad. So... First, before we open our mouth, it's kind of good to imagine us <laughs> releasing the Velcro. Mm-hmm. And that's just because we're human. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there's a sense that all is well. That has been one of my favorite phrases in unity forever. Yes. All is well. I can stand on all is well. All is well when I remember I'm in the very presence of everything I've ever needed or wanted or could could um, utilize mm-hmm. all of that is all around me. That's how I know I'm somewhere near divine consciousness. It's when I can just look at the world and think it's all it's okay. Nothing I need to do. Everything is 
hesitate to say divine order, but it's all well. Well, there is an order to the universe. So yes. we might as well call it divine order. Um, but there is a responsibility with us calling forth divine order in that we are going to to do what we're guided to do step mm-hmm. by step. So it's not just saying all is well. Right. There's um, there's action. The only way you can transform, folks, the only way you can transform is with action. What you want it to be is authentic action. You want it to be conscious conduits of energy. And the coolest thing about the voice of wisdom is, is it speaks softly because it knows that you will either learn the important lessons now or in the future. <laughs> so it doesn't have to shout. No. It'll still be there. So if anyone listening wants a copy of what I've shared on the radio, you can um, email me, Carla at LifeCoachCarla.com, and I'd be glad to um, share the differences because every client that walks into my office gets this card. (laughs) Oh, good. Because I find that, that life is challenging enough for us that having um short notes mm-hmm. helps get us back onto a track that that is purposeful for us and meaningful and will make a difference in our life okay so have we worked our way up now to the secrets of yes. designing your life <laughs> okay secret number 1 yes secret number 1 is to be willing to be willing i am willing to be no matter what so i am willing to be whatever is being called for in the situation that is of the highest good for the most number of people yes so that goes back to our core values and our intentions. Mm-hmm. Okay, in this situation, I am willing. I am willing is so powerful, it doesn't matter if you know how to do something, if you don't want to do something, and if you're not sure you can do something. The, saying the words, I am willing, and even putting nevertheless, I am willing in front of them, you can almost feel that lift of energy within your body that the heart expands. Um, I call it my Joan of Arc move. Where, you know, mm-hmm. Everything just kind of expands. And I go, okay, I am willing because we say there's no mistakes. So why do we worry so much about our mistakes? There are mistakes. I make mistakes. Sure, we all give make you a mi- list. <laughs> But uh, there are mistakes that are made in physical reality. The important thing to remember is as long as we learn from them and give back in the field in which we made the mistake to others from what we've learned, which sometimes is I'm human, you know, but the to learn that there's a higher way of doing something would require you maybe to ask somebody for help or can you show me how to do this? Um, and from that space, you move forward. 
you can take the next step. Um, I know you're going to um, come across the table and and choke me, but (laughs) (laughs) the superpower of gratitude. I just can't say it enough. Gratitude opens the doorway to possibility. And when you're in that field of possibility, um, there's breathing room. There's generosity of spirit. Everything calms down. It becomes kind. Your sense of humor comes back. You are looking at the other person in a way that, or the situation, in the way that you want to be treated with. Dignity and respect and honor. You know, I really believe if we could practice honoring the differences of other people. If we would really practice it, not just give mouth service to it. Um, and, and then be willing, no matter what the difference is, to find a way that we're linked. Because we're all interconnected. The differences are, are never big enough to stop the good from coming through, the highest good for others. Now, I know lots of us have stories about that. And so I tend to stay off the subject of (laughs) politics um, because we've gotten ourselves into us against them mentality. And I think if we could rise above that, um, then there could be this creation of something greater than The other superpower, my friends, is forgiveness. Give forth something different. Forgive. Forgive yourself if you reacted. And forgive others for what you think they've done to you. Because in essence, in truth, nobody and nothing is against us. So that practice that forgiveness. Um, Fillmore said every night before he went to sleep, he did his forgiveness work. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I do that, I sleep better. I would think. Because you're more open. And there's a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment in knowing you let, let somebody off the hook. You don't forgive the behavior. And I think that oftentimes is what trips people up. But what forgiveness does for you and for other is miracle working. So miracles are possible. They're just simply outside of the way we know things right now. And the key to moving from the metaphysical into the physical is just, my friends, just take the next small step. You don't have to solve world hunger in one giant leap for mankind. Mm-hmm. You know, you you do it with, you know, offering somebody a dollar bill to get something or sharing lunch with someone or or we all know how to be um, kind and generous. It's a choice that we make. And any time we make a choice for the snarling wolf. Yes. There will not be happiness. It's the wolf you feed. Uh-huh. Okay, so secrets to a designer life. Is that is that the right title? Yes. To designing your life? Um, let's see. 
being willing, mm-hmm. gratitude, forgiveness. And small steps. And small steps. Okay. What else? That's it. We have 10 minutes. Okay. So let's talk about forgiveness. Oh, do we have to? Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go, Ellen. Okay. And we're setting ourselves up to. It's going to be easier for me because um, Friday I leave for Hawaii. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder you're ready to wrap up. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Some people think of forgiveness as a long, involved process. And you can't forgive until you can forgive. And that's true. But we can shorten the process by doing it a little bit differently. So when I had my first church, uh, Unity of Independence, um, (laughs) I just laugh every time I think about this. My daughter at 25 got pregnant. Oh. I gotten her past fifteen. <laughs> you know, what? Um and um uh she decided she didn't want to get married. But she definitely wanted the baby. Mm-hmm. Well, um the more I got involved with the idea of being a grandmother and what I would do with the baby and and um, ran around getting a car seat installed in my car when she was two months pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, I would I would say to my church, I am willing to be willing to forgive. I'm willing to be willing to forgive. So because I made it all um, uh Nathan's fault, the dad's fault. Oh. And um and I wasn't seeing all the positives that he possesses. Um so I began to look at what was going on in our life and and I saw that um my daughter Paula was critically ill. My mother was at the end of her life. Um my brother was not feeling very well, and Heather's always felt um, a little left out because her sister needed more attention than she did. Right. So all of a sudden, I thought, well, sure. She got attention. She got attention, and she got something to love, to hold that was hers. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, she didn't get married. But what happened through the whole process was... She expanded our experience of life, my husband and mine experience of life, because she needed us to help her with the baby. Mm-hmm. And so we have had a blast. But I noticed that when Tobias was born, Tobias was eight pounds, four ounces, and he was 22 inches long. My daughter's barely five feet and maybe weighed 110 pounds. So she looked like, as Tobias grew and she brought him to church, she looked like this little girl carrying this huge baby. This enormous baby. baby. And I noticed how many people in my congregation were whispering to one another and pointing her out. And I thought, you know, how quickly we go to that judgment, don't we? How quickly. I didn't know for sure what they were saying, so I went up and asked them. And I said, well, let me introduce you to my grandson and my daughter. Um, and they, we all became a very active part of the community. But to be able to let go of 
the spit I was roasting Nathan on, the dad. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. And he's sweet, lovely, creative. And it really does take two. I couldn't visualize that. Oh, well, all right. She's your daughter. Okay. <laughs> Immaculate conception. Uh, uh-huh. So the... <laughs> <laughs> but it was Nathan's fault. Always. Okay. You know, my daughter wouldn't have wanted that. But I could see that there was longing for love on her part and his part. They were in a time of life that was very confusing, just finishing up with college and trying to figure out who they were going to be in the world. I'm, I'm not recommending it as a step. <laughs> for finding your way, but it hasn't been horrible for us. It has been a beautiful experience, and and I've loved the expanded family aspect of it. How old is Tobias now? He's 13 and a half. He probably, his soul probably said, oh, all right, I'll go down there and be their teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I was sharing with somebody the other day that I have a picture in my office of my parents. And when he was just three years old, he was going into my office and I'm going, oh, he's going to get on my computer. or He's going to do something. So I crept up on him to see what he was doing. And he was talking to my parents. Oh, really? And it just blew me away. I, you know, he, Nanny and Papa, he was just talking to them. I don't know if he was, what exactly he was saying, but he was standing on my chair looking at them, talking to them. And I, I think how thin the veil is between all the different worlds and how children can point us the directions we're going that perhaps will make it more arduous than not. They're closer to, we say, God mm-hmm. or absolute goodness. And we and we are making it harder than it has to be. Yes. Yes. That's a difficult concept to wake up to. Could I be making this harder? No, you don't understand. <laughs> I have all this. Right. <laughs> I can prove to you yes. why this is happening to me. So... What I love so much about coaching is um, I stand with people from three different positions. Beside them, just looking down the path, what's next, what's coming up, what do you want to to move towards. In front of them, sometimes to do some teaching, probably too much in front of them. <laughs> And behind them to give them a little shove when they're not moving. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, the idea that you can't have your dream come true is an absolute lie. An absolute lie, my friend. And it's never too late. Is there some caveat like you have to let go of the outcome and it may not look like what you thought it would? And Some of those things are in there, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's that letting go of the outcome is called surrender. I, I mean, so, for instance, there are lots of people who want a child and can't have one of their own for various reasons. So when you say your dream can come true, there has to be... St- space for it to come true in other ways. Yes. And what I find um, working with um, with couples that that is their desire is there's usually some forgiveness work for them to do for themselves to create the space 
Oh, interesting. Um, and there's lots of different ways. Even women in their 50s are having children. There's so many different ways of having a child. Mm-hmm. And there's so many children, children that need us, adults, to show them that they are loved, they are heard, they are seen, and they're safe. Which is exactly what we're trying to learn. Yep. We're in it together. I, I love that phrase from, um, oh, now I'm going to blank on uh, what it was, but we're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. American Idol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you've taken that as a life motto, have you? Mm-hmm. I'm in it to win it. Okay. And win it can be, to me, it's whatever is the highest and best for everyone. So I don't want to be the only winner. I want us all to win the life that we so deserve. Reverend Coach Carla and I have a couple more weeks left, so we hope you'll join us again. This is Ellen Devonport with the Voices of Unity. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.